Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Inside the Coach's Office. My name is Tom Merton Jr. And as always, I have Coach Brian Barnes with me. And today uh, we are going to be talking about the upcoming um, Michigan High School Coaches Association All-Star football game. It's going to be played on June 25th, later this summer. And um, and we have the um, commission's, uh, the All-Star committee chair and also head coach at uh, Brighton High School, Brian Lemons. Uh, he's our special guest today. Uh, how you doing, Coach Lemons? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so pretty exciting stuff, This all, the, the All-Star game. Um, can you just uh, start, start us off with a bit about um, um, what the All-Star game is all about and then um, kind of how the, the selection process works for the players and, and the, the, the coaches? Yeah. You know, our coaches association – you know, we have a, a lot of things that are going on, you know, all-star games, Hall of Fame, everything that's our clinic in the winter, everything that we're trying to do is to, you know, develop awareness about our sport and share as much as we can with, you know, all of our, our athletes, you know, and just you know, talking specifically about the all-star game is our association's goal is to give these guys another opportunity to get together and, and, and live and create memories of the high school football experience, you know, so the, the East West all-star game, you know, it's a pretty big piece of our association, you know, and there's a lot of support to try and make this game as popular as possible, you know, and it's, it's changed. We've had, you know, years and years of experience with this game and it started off East versus West and, you know, probably rosters as big as 40 or 50 kids. And, you know, our goal is to give these guys an experience, you know, a really meaningful, you know, last, you know, last experience for, for football itself. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, this game has evolved. It's, it's switched from, you know, East versus West to Ohio versus Michigan and back to East versus West and, you know, the roster sizes have changed and some of the rules have been, you know, tweaked to make it better. But the thing that's the same and always is, is the experience that these kids get uh, the week of the All-Star game. Coach, this is uh, Coach Brian Barnes. Thanks for being here. We, you know, we appreciate talking uh, Michigan high school football uh, and the high school all-star game. You had the opportunity to to coach in the, one of the unique games we had uh, when we took some players here from the state of Michigan to play down in Ohio. I want to say that was at Finley. Is that correct? Yes. Was that at yes. Finley? Awesome. Um, and you had a chance to coach in that game. Um, talk to us about that experience for you personally and how cool it was for our guys to play you know, those, the great players from Ohio and, and what went into that? Well, I mean, as a young coach coming up through the association, I was a regional director and, you know, I kind of got to, you know, see a lot of things that, you know, our association does, you know, and as a coach, you know, a lot of things happen at the state level. And, you know, if you really want to have a voice, you know, you got to get involved in your association and getting involved in our association means that, you know, you volunteer your time in different committees and things like that. So, you know, as early back as 2007, when I started, I started hanging out with uh, a couple other coaches that were working with the All-Star Game. And uh, I got onto that committee as a volunteer. And, you know, our goal every year was to try and make the, the experience better, you know, 
and figure out a way to fund it and just different things that we need to be successful. And, you know, as it evolved around 2013, I think it was, and at the time, Jim Sparks, you know, from Novi, he was the, the committee chair at the time. And, you know, they came up with an idea to play against Ohio. You know, and at that time, Ohio was playing the game against Pennsylvania and it's, you know, all kinds of things going on all-star wise. And, you know, we finally came into a, an agreement with them that we would travel down to Ohio for the first game and we would stay on the campus there in, in at Finley and then travel for a game against Ohio's all-stars. And, you know, the crazy part about this at that time, if you were going to be an East-West all-star, you know, you were nominated by your coaches and then, you know, the association picked a small group of coaches for each side and they would sit down in the basement and they would watch all these VHS tapes or DVDs full of, you know, clips about kids. And uh, even at the time, there was like specific regulations as to how many kids from every position you could bring and you know, there had to be a certain amount from class A, class B, class C, class D. There had to be, you know, a representation of all of them. And, you know, this has been going on for a while. And, you know, then it became Ohio and Michigan versus Ohio, you know, and kind of the rules, the rule book kind of went out the door as far as how the roster was built. And the idea <clears throat> was to put together the best group of high school football players from Michigan and go down there and, you know, battle against the, the kids from Ohio. And, you know, it's funny in our association, you know, people would talk all the time about how Ohio football is so much better than Michigan football, you know, from a recruit standpoint, excuse me. <clears throat> well, you know, getting down there and playing, we had some real fantastic kids on this roster, but the unique piece was, they gave the total control to the all-star coaches. And at the time, Mike Zadebski from Wald Lake Western, he was the head coach, you know, and then on staff was uh, myself calling the defense and, you know, other coaches like uh, Scott Merchant, you know, Ed Greenman. And it's just, you know, an all-star staff that was get together. These guys are all around the state, you know, very successful guys. And, you know, I get to go down and spend a week with them and coach uh, a group of kids that were so darn good that, uh, you know, you, you saw these kids in the NFL a couple of years later, you know, you saw these guys on, on Saturdays, you know, at, in the national championships and things like that. These guys were just, you know, excellent football players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that process was pretty, pretty tough. You know, you had to go through the, the best thing about it is in 2014 is, you know, social media, you could find clips of these kids everywhere. You know, so we weren't waiting for, <clears throat> we weren't waiting for nominations. We were just going out and creating a roster on our own. And then once we got going, uh, we got down to Ohio and you're pressing two or three times. And it kind of went from, hey, we're going to play against our buddies over on the west side of the state to, hey, we're going to go up against Ohio. So like everybody was all in, like everybody. I mean, everybody from the association, everybody, every coach, they were like, you know, everybody was on point you know, to go down there and, you know, didn't want the worst case scenario to happen is getting, get down there and get blown out. But then we went down there and we played this game and, and, you know, we took it to them pretty good. Um, it was a pretty exciting weekend to say the least. 
Why uh, did it change back to the East versus West format? Well, it probably depends on who you ask. <laughs> you know, um, we played this game, the first, like I said, the first game we played at Ohio. And then the second game we came back, and I think we played it here at Wayne State is where the second game was. The results were pretty much the same. And then, you know, coming into year three, um, I think the contract just didn't get renewed. You know, I know that um, there was interest on our side to continue doing this, you know, but, you know, the positive about the whole thing is that, you know, we came back to the East-West format and we were able to almost double the amount of kids that were playing in the game. So, you know, giving that opportunity to a lot of our kids in high school right now. And, you know, so the positive is we came back to East-West and it kind of renewed format. We kept some of the things that we did going Ohio versus Michigan and, you know, giving the coaches, the all-star coaches a little bit more of the, you know, general manager, you know, type uh, responsibilities and building the roster. It's, it's been a great experience. So Tom touched on it a little bit, coach, with the, uh, the roster selection, how the all-star game coaches are going to, you know, kind of watch film and, and whatnot and determine who they want to, you know, put on the all-star roster. Take us through the process of selecting your all-star game coaches. Um, I know there's a nomination process. And then how does the, how does the committee, um, you know, determine uh, which coaches will be leading it that year? Because obviously when, when you get the nominations, I mean, all the, all the, you know, coaches that are nominated are going to be really good coaches. So you really can't go wrong. So how do you guys determine, um, you know, who you want running the team, you know, for that year? So, we, our association has, you know, quarterly meetings and at one of the early meetings in, um, I think it's our December meeting, we sit down, our committee sits down, each one of our committee members brings in a short list of coaches that they feel are, you know, able, you know, they have the time to do it and they have the ability to do it. You know, the hard part is you look across our whole association, you know, we have some, some, some rules, like, for example, you can't, you can't be an all-star coach twice, you know, so once you're a coach, you know, you kind of, you're taken out of the pool, you know, we've made some adjustments to that. So now as long as you weren't the head coach, you know, you can be brought in as the head coach. So <clears throat> take me, for example, I was an assistant coach that would make me eligible to be a head coach in the all-star game. But we try to give coaches from all levels opportunities in this game. We nominate four coaches from the east and four coaches from the west and once we have that list you know i'm sorry i said nominated we nominate a lot more than that but we narrow the list down to four then we contact them and ask if their availability is 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 there and if they are and they accept the position we take those four coaches and we determine who the head coach is going to be and we determine who the offense and the defensive callers are going to be in them each one of those coaches gets to bring a coach with them. And that coach could be anybody. It could be anybody from their own staff. It could be anybody from, you know, someone else's staff. And we end up with eight coaches per team going into the game. With, with this game, um, can you talk about the on-field play a bit? Like how competitive is this game? Is this like, is it like a Pro Bowl type atmosphere or are the guys really getting after it? Uh, 
from all the games I've witnessed, they're getting after it. I mean, every single one of those kids get out there, they're getting after it for sure. Um, but there are, I mean, it's an all-star game. So there's, you know, we only have a week to prepare for this thing. I mean, a total of literally, you know, we have two practices from the time the roster is, is finalized until the time that they show up at Lawrence Tech for practice. They have two practices available. Those practices could be online, you know, Zoom, or they could be in person. And then once they report to LTU, they basically have, you know, Thursday, Friday, and they play on Saturday. So they put together probably at the most six practices. So to kind of save them from themselves, you know, we limit what they can really do as far as defense goes. Offensively, they can come in, they can run any offense they want. You know, but you only have six practices to install. So you got to kind of think ahead of how you're going to do that. You know, and that's that's what they do is when they build the team, they know what offense they want to run. They kind of look for guys that fit that offense. You know, they know what defense they're going to run. So they'll try to do the same. You know, defensively is where the most, you know, the where things are kind of tied up a little bit. You know, they're not allowed to blitz. You know, they're, they have to be in a four-man front. You know, there's just little details like that that are for the game only. How did the coaches, sorry, real quick, Brian. Um, With the only six practices, how do they work out, like, the terminology and stuff like that? So these kids got to really be sharp and then pick these things up quick to have a a competitive game. How how do the coaches work that that stuff in and, and gel these guys together after only six practices? Well, I'll tell you from my the experience I had in the game, we had so much stuff that was in, but we practiced all the time. But you know, in the East-West game, you know, having these guys for six days, it's the it's really the staff that makes things the simplest is the most successful. You know, Coach Zeitman last year he did an excellent job of keeping things very simple, you know, and keeping the playbook small. Those are all things that are very successful. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys are all some of the, I mean, they're the best football players in the state, you know, you know, there's, there's a large group of guys that don't play in this game that are elite, you know, and then some of those elite guys still play in this game. And, you know, sometimes when they show up to the all-star, all you got to do is make sure they show up on time and then they're going to be all-stars. They'll take care of the rest. They all know cover one. They all know cover three, you know, they all know how to run inside zone. A lot of times coaches just need to stay out of their way and let them play. Talking to Coach uh, Brian Levins from Brighton High School about the Michigan High School All-Star Game coming up next month at Lawrence Tech University. Coach, uh, along the lines of the questions that Tom was asking regarding, you know, practice time and installation and whatnot, in your experience in 2014, <laughs> touch upon how, how good a shape were the guys in for you? Do they come prepared or, you know, I assume a lot of those kids were probably a three-sport kid. Um, you know, we get a lot of track kids in the game of football in the spring. So for the most part, they're in pretty good shape, but do you find that a lot of your guys were maybe struggling a little bit and needed to get some work before they reported in the fall uh, before the game? Well, a large, a large, great amount of these guys, they're, you know, they're playing every sport in the world, you know, so they're in pretty good shape. You know, they're coming straight from baseball. They're coming straight from track lacrosse, you know, they're coming straight out of that season. And, so we don't have too many problems with, with that. I mean, obviously there's some of those guys that haven't been doing much, you know, some of the fellas. So you just, you kind of build your roster to kind of protect yourself from a, from a endurance standpoint, you know, you, you get a couple extra big bodies, 
that you can rotate, you know, and as an all-star game, guys aren't going both ways. Guys aren't going the whole game. You know, you have a rotation going in, you know, probably the hardest spot I think on the all-star roster is probably, you know, offensive line because, you know, that's a tough position to get guys out for, you know, usually there's, you know, you, you'd be lucky if you got eight, 10 offensive linemen on your roster. Uh, yeah. So, um, what are some positives and then maybe some negatives about playing in this game? And does it weigh on kids' minds to maybe like opt out of playing because, you know, I mean, obviously uh, potential injury is one or, you know, just time constraints for a kid, but, but um, what are some good reasons for a kid to play in this game and then what are some reasons why kids might opt out to, to you know, and, and, and decide not to play? You know, it's probably my opinion, but, you know, a lot of these guys, this is their last chance. You know, there's some of these guys that aren't going to go and play college football, you know, and this is their last chance to strap the helmet on and, you know, against the best kids in the state. So that, I mean, that's a big positive for a lot of these guys to get in here. So, and those guys that are going on to, to universities and different colleges to play, this is the last time they can they can come out as a high school football player and just kind of, you know, enjoy the fact that you're with a lot of your, you know, guys you played against earlier in the season and you get a chance to be friends and, and, and get to know each other. You know, representing your school and your community, that's a huge piece. Like the East versus West thing, it's, it's a pride thing for sure. I mean, there's coaches in our association – that every time we talk all-star immediately they're pulling stats from, you know, from 1989 of how many yards they ran and what offense they ran. And, and so, and there's a huge sense of pride behind it. So that's a, a huge positive. Of course, you know, the negatives are it, every time you step on the field, you don't know if that's your last time you're ever going to play or not, you know? Yeah. So we try to do everything we can to protect these guys from, from, you know, things that could happen you know, things that don't have to be necessary. We try to take care of them. You know, the interesting piece is these guys get out there and, you know, they're not out there trying to win scholarships in this game. You know, most of these guys already have their commitments and they're already going where they're going to go. You know, they just come out and they want to play for their school and they want to play for pride. And it's a huge piece. Unfortunately, you know, some of the better kids, you know, they are going to some large universities and, there's scheduling conflicts <clears throat> that don't allow them to play in the game. You know, we've had some really big names in this game before that didn't have the opportunity to play on, you know, the Saturday of all-star, but they were a part of it as best as possible. <clears throat> what do you think are, um, do you, do you think that, that some of the kids, uh, you know, are, are pressured by, you know, the coaches at the school that they've committed to, to, to maybe not playing the game. You know, I've heard stories and rumors and whatnot. I know a former player of mine for, at Bishop Foley Catholic, you know, he had an opportunity to go to a service academy. And I know the service academies weren't really keen on kids playing in any, any high school all-star games before they show up on campus. Have you heard anything or, or does the association, do we have any official you know, kind of, I don't want to say a statement, but a feeling toward um, the approach we take with our, our players. You know, I've, I've, I've talked to some of the college coaches and they've been all about it. You know, there's, there's some coaches out there that are just, 
they're 100% on board. Yes, you know, get them there, have them play in it. We love it. It's a great idea, you know, but then there's other coaches out there, I'm sure, you know, there's, look at the investment that they're putting into this young man that's going to go and play in the, in the college level, you know, and then they want to kind of protect that investment. I totally understand it. You know, it's a, it's a bummer for the kid, but a lot of times if it's not a matter of them being on campus on that weekend, typically it works out. So um, one thing I think might be interesting is um, so you got kids that, that probably have played against each other that, that you're putting on the same roster now on the, on the same field. Has there ever been any conflict with, with kids that were like rivals and now they're now they're practicing and they like get after each other or whatever. Any stories like that as far as like um, team chemistry issues or is it all just pretty laid back as far as that goes? No, it's, you know, quite honestly, it's almost the opposite. Like you get these guys that are on rival teams and now they're on the same team. And oddly enough, those are the guys that end up gelling more than anybody, you know, yeah. you know, as I'm walking across the, the practice field. You know, and I see a hollow helmet and I'm like, I pull the kid aside and we joke around, we goof around. And next thing I know, you know, he might be one of the coolest dudes out here. But I mean, I've seen these guys, you know, in the Catholic League, you guys are, we're knocking heads. You know, my earlier days with the, with Ann Arbor Gabe Richard, and we saw all kinds of the Catholic kids in there and they all form, it's amazing. In the three, four, five days that they're together, they form some sort of bond that just lasts, you know, and, you know, you even get guys that are coming in, you know, and when we went down to Ohio and played in that game, we had guys that were going to Michigan, guys that were going to Michigan state, you know, sharing the same position together, you know, and it was just, it was unique because this is like the last time that they're ever going to be able to shake hands, you know, and yeah. they're going to go off to their universities, but these guys still, we, you know, I stay in contact with these guys. We all have the same text thread and we still, you know, chat every once in a while. And, uh, but yeah, they create a nice, a, a good friendship. It's, it's nice. High school rivalries are very important and uh, it's really up to you to hold on to them for how long, but uh, you get an opportunity like this to go play with a bunch of good guys. You know, you're going to create some new friendships for sure. Yeah. That, that's awesome coach, because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody, we're all competitors and we want to win and be successful, but, you know, think of by playing this game, the new relationships they're making, the new friendships they're making, like you're talking about, you know, the, you know, like you just said, you're still in touch with a lot of those guys that you, you coached in the all-star game. And those are special things that those guys will never forget. And that's what makes our game so special and so cool is the, the uniqueness of that. And, you know, when we talk about how the game is a brotherhood and, and you know, you play football, you're a family, like we mean it, it's not just lip service. 100% correct. Yeah. Uh, Coach Barnes, I got, I got a question for you. Um, from your standpoint, you said you had a kid that could have gone to the All-Star game, but um, he ended up going to the service academy, so that there was conflict there uh, with timing and whatnot. From your coaching experience, how does it work for you? Um, do, do you not nominate a few kids every year? Or how does that process work for you as far as like trying to get kids to the All-Star game? I do. Yep. Every, every year uh, we receive, um, you know, the informational survey from the coaches association asking us, you know, who we'd like to nominate and um, is there any relevant information we could give them uh, statistics, uh, all league or all state, um, you know, recognition, things like that, send some film. So the coaches uh, in the game can then evaluate all that and then go from there. Um, yeah. He, 
he was he was great. He would have been a running back. And then we also had a player a couple of years ago during the COVID year, unfortunately, that didn't happen, but we, we did it virtually. Um, you know, he ended up playing at Madonna University as a um, he's a wide receiver there. So uh, it was really cool stuff. But yeah, you know, I, I probably over the top with it. You know, I um, I nominate as many guys as I can that I think are deserving and rewarding. Um for what they did, but also it's kind of, in a, in a lot of ways, it's like college recruiting too. And that college coach will ask me, give me an alley, ask me an evaluation of a player. And I got to be honest with them. No coach. I don't think he's a division one kid. I think you're you know better off looking somewhere else, but I'll, I'll do the best that I can for our kids to try to get them to the game just because, you know, I've had a chance to watch it. Like I went down and watched uh, the game in Ohio, went down, there were a couple practices down there and I've been to some other practices. And uh, I mean, it's an awesome experience for everybody involved parents, parents players coaches fans the, the, all the schools involved it's just uh it's just really cool so um yeah every, every chance we get to get a kid in that game we we try to do it so you know the way the way it's set up right now and, and i worked with coach sparks for a long time when he was running this chair and you know having him still part of the committee really helps because he's like oh you know i wish i would have done this and you know here's some adjustments we can make here's how it works all right, the association will send out uh, a notice saying, hey, nominate your kids. And then there'll be a Google form and ask for all this information about your players. And every coach in the state can nominate as many players as they want from their team and other teams. You know, all they have to do is fill out the information requested on the Google form. So the coaches after selection, they're held to, uh, a limit of one player per school. All right. So we build a roster. We're allowed only one player per school. Once that roster is, you know, the deadline for the roster comes in. And what happens after that roster comes out is there's always, you know, a couple guys that end up dropping after the roster is released. You know, they get a conflict, a last minute conflict, you know, they get hurt during, the lacrosse playoffs or something happens where we lose a couple players. So once we go to the alternates, we go in and we take away the limit of one per school. So if you look on the roster right now, there's only one kid from the state championship team. And then what happens is there might be two at the final roster because we had to go back and fill in a spot for a player that had a conflict. And the information that's sent in from the coaches is very important because it's what's selling, you know, it's, it's getting that kid's film looked at, you know, and all of our coaches go through and they look at their huddle links and they decide whether or not he's the right fit for this, the scheme that they're doing. And once they pick it up, everything's good. You know, it's a, it's a really nice piece to have, you know, and, and the coaches that nominate, you have no idea, you know, like if, there might be a year where we just can't get enough D linemen nominated. So, you know, maybe your, your kid that you send in, you don't think he's quite good enough to be an all-star, but he is an all-star because, you know, that number of, of, of sources are gone. Yeah. So as far as uh, the kids playing time, is there, does each head coach select their starters and are they going to get the majority of the play while other kids are just rotating in? Or is it like, is there an equal time share or how, how, how does time uh, like playing time work? All the coaches involved know what the deal is. You know, they all understand that this is a game where we want everybody to participate in. 
you know, and, you know, what we've been very good as a coaching, you know, association and the staff that we've selected is that they've all understood the goal of the game. Number one, they want to win the game, you know, but number two, we have to make sure that these guys are getting an all-star experience. There are no strict uh, rules about how many plays everybody gets, but the coaches have always been very good about, you know, sharing the time, making sure everybody's getting enough plays. You'll watch if it's a close game and you watch down that field the last five minutes, you'll know who the dudes are on both <laughs> rosters because they'll be the ones out there. Yeah. So um, as far as the, the full experience, are the, when they go to Lawrence Tech, are they there for a few days with these practices? Or is this like you go practice and then you go home and then come back? No, so, so it's always been the East-West All-Stars goal to have these kids away from home on campus, you know, in the dorms 24-7, you know, for the week of the All-Star game. Our kids report on Thursday morning. Our coaches report on Wednesday night. Our players report on Thursday morning. They report at like 9 a.m. and they're practicing by 1 p.m. that day. You know, they all come in with their own helmet and shoulder pads. You know, we supply them with the rest of a lot of the other gear that they need. Um, you know, they'll get a practice in, they'll come back for dinner, then go back to an all-star activity, and then they have another practice. Lights out, 11, 12 o'clock, back up the next morning doing the same thing over again. So they'll get, they'll be on campus Thursday morning. They'll stay the night Thursday night. They'll stay the night Friday night. They get up early on Saturday morning for team breakfast, walkthroughs, and then they're on the field and we're playing. You know, this is the new format that we, we started last year. Um, previous to that, you know, is the same format just started on Monday. You were there for a whole week. Yeah. Is there going to be any, um, cause we're not quite through it yet, but like any COVID restrictions or anything like that, since all the kids are going to be so closely grouped together. You know, I think the kids are going to have to practice the same safety things that they've been doing up to this point, you know, back home at their schools and just being smart and diligent with being, you know, you know, clean, washing their hands and, and, you know, doing the right thing that we've all learned to do, you know, yeah. right now on campus at LTU, we have no restrictions. Last year we had restrictions. You could not stay on campus unless you were vaccinated so that we had to find an alternate site to stay the night at, but we were still able to practice on campus right now. The only restrictions we're really looking at right now is just, uh, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't storm like it did last year. You know, we That's... just want some sun, you know, have a good day. Yeah. So, Co Coach, um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the, the game being at Lawrence Tech University, you know, this year. And because over time, it's been at a few different venues, um, you, you know, at the Big House, uh, East Lansing, and, and a few other places. Obviously, when we went down to Ohio, tell me how um, Lawrence Tech is treating the coaches' association. Uh, we both know some really good coaches there, um, good guys. How how has the overall experience been with our relationship with Lawrence Tech? Well, I mean, I've, I've personally been involved with it at, you know, being in Ohio, being at Wayne State, being at Saginaw Valley, being here at LTU. And even back in the day where I, I've had a player or two that played at the big house, you know, you know, at the end of the day, none of these places are free, you know, so you, you have to make sure that, you know, we are able to, you know, financially be responsible for these guys and not cut too many corners. Like we don't want to put these kids in a situation where they're not getting good food. They're not getting good rest. You know, we want to make sure that everything is there that they need. 
you know, and, and quite honestly, you know, you look at the different places we've had it, it, it offers LTU offers something special. It, it's, it's, I don't know if it's just the location or it's the, the stadium, you know, and, and everybody has a different opinion on this, but it's great. Cause like our all-star game last year, it looked packed, you know, and, and LTU is a, a smaller venue that really, you know, puts on a good show. You know, it's got a, it's an excellent facility, you know, and it's, it's just getting better every year as they're building that program over there. Their coaches, you know, open up all the doors to us and they let us, you know, let us have the whole campus as needed, you know, and the other universities we've been at, it's, it's outstanding. Saginaw was great. It's a great part of town. I mean, it was the great, you know, a scenery and things like that. You know, it's just sometimes it's kind of harder to get our, our fans and things to, this, to those schools that are farther away, you know, at LTU, it's pretty easy for people to just jump right on the lot to get there, you know, and, and I think we experienced that last year, and I think it's going to be even better this year. You know, when we played the game at the Big House, it was great. But then you know what? You know what? Two thousand fans looks like in the Big House, <laughs> like an empty stadium. <laughs> it looks yeah. like it looks like a barbecue. That's what it looks yeah. like. It's really small, you know. So we are trying to keep things as um, you know more based on the experience for the kids and. And, you know, we're, we got a band coming this year for the game. We got cheerleaders. We got some palm kids. You know, it's going to be an experience that I hope uh, our kids really like. Where, where actually does the funding for this come from? It comes straight from the association. You know, we have a small registration fee that our players, um, that our players aren't responsible for, but they're, they're coaches that nominate them, fundraise to uh, – put them in the game it's a really small piece but the large the largest portion of the game comes through the association and you know they do a great job of supporting it you know we reach out we're working with state champs right now to get as much promotions for the game as possible um also trying to find sponsorships and things like that we have some independent sponsors that come in and help uh, deflect the cost you know you know the united dairy they come in and, and they supply some milk for the kids and they, they give us some, you know, reprieve as far as financial, you know, responsibilities. But it's like, if we can find sponsors, if we can find people out there that want to help high school football and they want to help promote this game, there's a lot of sponsorship opportunities out there for them. Coach, are we um, trying to find a way, is there going to be any live stream at all for the game this year or – yeah, it'll be live. It'll be live streamed on State Champs again, oh. and uh, you know we have not gone the route of trying to get it on TV as much as you know, like you've seen in some other stuff. And we're just trying to really push through State Champs the, you know, the appeal of seeing these guys and being able to see it on all the social media fronts and and live streamed as well. Well, this game it, it seems pretty. Uh exciting uh how can um uh how can uh a fan purchase a ticket so our tickets are on sale at the gate we don't do any online um ticket sales um for us you show up gates open at 11 30 games at one o'clock you buy your tickets right at the gate uh you can expect a small parking fee at the campus of ltu um we have 
handicap accessible parking right at the stadium. Um, it's we even have shuttles coming from the parking lot to the stadium. So it, the venue itself is very easy and very welcoming for the for the fans to come to. You know, last year we put a, a, a lot of people in the seats. You know, it was great. You know, what I'm looking at right now, we've had a record number of players nominated this year. And I've had a lot of conversations with different districts that were bringing a large contingent of uh, hometown fans for their players. Yeah, well, that's a lot, man. There's a lot going on with this. So it's got to be, the process for you has to be a little bit daunting, I bet. Like, how much work are you putting into this personally to, to make sure everything gets together and, and runs smoothly? Well, this is my third year. You know, the first year, we ended up having to do it all virtual. So that was interesting. Um, you know, got a good committee of guys, you know, and, and these guys are hard workers. You know, guys like Jason McIntyre, who's our, our West liaison. He's at Mount Pleasant, you know, and then Adam Diaz. He's our East liaison. He's, these guys work probably harder than I do. I kind of just send them emails and tell them who to contact. But there's a lot of other good guys on the, on the committee that put a lot of time in. And, you know, I have to spend a, a certain amount of time on my football team. But where we're at right now is, you know, being in the same location, the same venue, it really offers – you know, a little bit of uh, a time ease for me. If we switch venues and go to another spot, it'll probably be a little bit more difficult just because you got to cross a lot of T's and dot a lot of I's. Yeah. What do you mean when you say it was, it was virtual? How, like... So we didn't, we weren't able to play the game. So yeah. what we did, what we did is uh, Sparks and I uh, came up with the idea that we would just literally create a game in our head with highlights and things like that and just go through with state champs and we would just like post highlights as it went along so what happened is this is a true story okay so i took sparks played a game of madden all right and he used the stats and the highlights from madden for our game <laughs> and then he, he gave, he wrote it all out like in a script and we gave that to the guys at state champs and they went through and they produced all of these different um, posts on social media that kind of highlighted all of that stuff. So it was kind of an interesting process. Yeah, yeah I bet you're back to, or you're happier back to regular football, huh? But that, that must have been, that sounds kind of cool though. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh, it was definitely. I'm glad we're back playing live. It was great <laughs> yeah. to see guys out there getting after it last year. Yeah, coach, well, this is this has been awesome, yeah. Tom. This has been great again, uh, coach. We appreciate you being here, coach. Do you uh, are you on Twitter or do you have a personal Twitter handle you'd be willing to share with us to uh, let all the coaches know if or the listeners if they want to get in touch with you or follow you? It's at Eleven Mad Dogs. At Eleven, 11 Mad Dogs. dogs. Yeah. All right, coach. We, we we gotta know the story behind that that Twitter handle then. Eleven mad dogs. Add eleven mad dogs. Um this old co this this guy I first started coaching with, and uh, of course he's trying to motivate all of our guys, you know, to play. And you got eleven guys on the field. You go into a dark alley, you see one dog, 
you're like, oh, I can get around them. I can kind of, you know, I can hold my own. But if you go in the same dark alley and you see 11 mad dogs, you turn around and run like hell. So that's how it got started. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. That makes a lot of sense. The, uh, the Twitter, ha- Twitter handle for our show is at Inside the Office. Uh, Tom, is that, it's that time. Can I ask Coach my, my yeah, favorite end yeah, of the podcast question? Yeah. All right, Coach, so one of the things we do at the end of each uh, episode with our guest is uh, we'd like to ask you, you know, is there a specific tradition or something that um, is unique to you, Coach Lemons, that you've done in your coaching career at one of your stops that you think is really cool that you'd be willing to share with all the listeners? So it could be as simple as, uh, you know, um, a cool drill with a special name or, um, you know, staying overnight uh, inside the school the night before the first day of practice or something along those lines. Is there anything cool and unique to Coach Lemons that uh, you do that you'd be willing to share with us? So what you're asking me is how many weird, obscure hangups <laughs> do I have? Uh, there's too many. If you want, if you want to go there, too Coach, many. sure. <laughs> Can you narrow it down? Like, we can narrow it down into categories. Like, are we talking like clothing? Are we talking about practices? Are we talking about pregame? Are we talking about just in general? Anything that coach, anything that somebody's going to say, yeah, you know what? That's definitely coach lemons. And that's definitely, or that's definitely, that's him in a nutshell. Well, one season I wore, um, I wore white pants for like eight games because I came out game one wore a pair of white pants we won I had to wear the same damn white pants for eight games in a row but no so are I, you uh, talking are you talking like the, the white like Adidas athletic pants or are you talking like a white pair of like some some dress slacks or something they were yeah, white no. Nike golf golf pants um okay. I, I I wore those for about eight games yeah that was probably the, <laughs> the craziest thing but there's just so many, I'll be honest with you. But the one I think that is probably the most is that um, my first year at Gabriel Shard, I got a St. Peter uh, medallion from one of my one of my players' parents. And um, I wear that during the from the first seven on seven all the way to the last football game of the year. Then I take it off, put it in the drawer, and I bring it out just for football. And uh, I just remember her giving that, the mom and dad giving me that, right before our first game and when I was starting in the Catholic league and it was a, uh, it was a nice, it was a nice meaning it has nice meaning. That's cool. Do you have That's anything awesome. team specific that like the whole a tradition, that, like the whole team will go through, um, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, the, the dress code check before they go out on the field. I think that's what they're, <laughs> they're probably the most feared about before we go out on the field is making sure that they have on the right attire. So they always try to hide from me. You go over there, they'll be hiding, they'll be hiding in the bathroom stall, they'll be hiding in their locker. <laughs> Coach, so it's not just it's not just me now in the Catholic League where we have the guys with the, the knee pads always not being pulled down low enough, right? It's you too, right? Your equipment check stuff. Yes, <laughs> yes. Socks, <laughs> socks, undershirts, the whole thing. All the above. <laughs> Appreciate well, it, Coach. Yeah, thank you, Coach. Was there anything else that you wanted to say specifically about the All-Star game? Um, or do we pretty much hit everything? You guys are all over it, man. It was awesome. I just want to see as many people there as possible. Remember, it's uh, there's the, the cheerleaders are there as well. They're going to have a great experience. Uh, it's our first time that they're going to be staying overnight on, on Friday. They're going to report on Friday morning. They're going to get a little bit of the All-Star experience as well. And, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, our Hall of Fame, guys, our Hall of Fame, we got two classes going 
induction this year because they missed out from the COVID year. And, um, you know, I think we got like 24 guys being put into the Hall of Fame on Friday night, right before the game. We're going to invite those guys out to the field on Saturday. Oh, wow. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, all right. So, uh, once again, the, the Michigan High School Football Coaches Association All-Star Game uh, is going to be – it's June 25th. Uh, what time is kickoff? Did you say one, one o'clock? One o'clock kickoff at Lawrence Tech University. So if you guys get a chance, uh, yeah, um, check that out. There's going to be a, a a lot of good football. Oh, real quick, sorry. What um, why is the game in the summer instead of right after football season? That's a good question, man. So during the winter, there's a lot of different. Um, MHSA rules and eligibility issues having the game in the winter and also you know we try not to take away from sports other sports that are you know currently in progress you know we don't want kids to not go to basketball practice or guys to go to wrestling and things like that so we push our game into the summer after everybody's graduated to just kind of allow you know a, a free reign of the whole thing yeah well it makes sense well, all right, uh, for Coach Barnes, uh, Coach Lemons, we'd uh, like to thank you for joining us, and we look forward to, uh, you know, a pretty exciting uh, All-Star game coming up next month. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Inside the Coach's Office.